there's this whole genre of talk shows where it was usually just like women overcoming something. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, oh, this woman was in a terrible car wreck and then she like chewed off her own leg and here she is. And then she'd come out and then like her and Oprah would cry and then they'd be like, oh, but it's all right because now she owns like a chocolate shop. That was like a whole genre of yeah. shows in the 90s, I feel like. It Overcoming. Was just women who had something terrible happen to them, and then they'd go on a talk show mm-hmm. and talk about it, and then everyone would be like, yeah, you're the best. Is that still a type of show? I think I watched some Oprah when I was like younger. Yeah. She did a lot of those, I think, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. She loved to have like a guest that went through something traumatic, because she does a good like nod and look sympathetic face. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I saw that lady who had her, like, face torn off by an orangutan. Mm-hmm. This is going into the podcast now, so all of you out there can uh, look up the 911 call because it's always the... Oh, it's so gruesome. <laughs> that, but it's um, like the lady has an accent like John Travolta in Welcome Back, Cotter. So she's like, oh, the monkey, it tore face rain wolf. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and it's like, you can't laugh. You don't want to laugh because... Because somebody's, um, getting, their face someone's getting their face torn off. But then like the, <laughs> the accent is like, ah, it's kind of funny. And I do remember that accent. And it was just like almost unintelligible. Oh, jeez, Mr. Cotta. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to another very special episode of... And now I started calling them all very special episodes. Right. It's just a really special episode today. <laughs> a very special episode of I Love This, You Should Too. My name is India Randawa, and with me, with her face completely intact, free of orangutan rips, is Samantha Hees. Yay! It's me. How are you, Indy? What's new? Well, I have all of my face, so I'm happy. That's new. And you have new hair. I do have new hair. You do this a lot where you, you start posing, but this is, of no, course, I was an audio medium. for the microphone. I don't know. My hair is very quiet today, so it's not, it's not picking up. It's very quiet today. You had your, um, your hair devolumized. Yeah. But only in the sense of audio. In uh, other volume, in the sense of size, it's actually been volumized. Posing again. Yeah. Um, yes. And I got to see my hairdresser and uh, yeah, it was very nice. All right. <laughs> well, today we each have a little thing of the week for you. And then Samantha is going to tell us what we are watching for next week. But first, Samantha, what's your thing of the week? Um, My thing of the week is a book. It's called The Guest List. It's written by Lucy Foley and it was published in June 2020. I think my last book was also published in June 2020. Uh, right off the presses and into your eyes. I, I think I Mind, get head. a lot of <laughs> right into the eyes. Yeah. I don't read books. So oh, right, right into, into your my ears. ears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I uh, get a lot of my book recommendations from like Instagram. Oh, see, I have a lot of friends who also read and they'll post like the cover of whatever book they're reading. I do that for every book I read, but I don't find you reading any of my books. Oh, come on. What I'm is sorry. this? <laughs> is it because they're all from the 1800s? It's just like I don't really have an interest in Anna Karenina <laughs> or War and Peace. <laughs> I am reading Far from the Madding Crowd by Thomas Hardy, oh, which okay. is uh, slightly less dense. And was originally written in English, so that's oh well, know, that's that's, that's a bonus. But we're talking about your book. What's yes. this one all about? Um, so this book is a kind of a psychological thriller. 
Um, it's set on a very remote island off of Ireland, and the island is a wedding venue that consists of a cave system, a large house, and a chapel. That's a. I think we should get married in a cave. Right? <laughs> it sounds very cool. Like the entire description of this, so I was like, yep, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Murder, not so much. I was going to ask if it gets It's not like a happy fun time book. I assume because there's cave systems that there's murder and mystery and hidden bodies. Yeah. So the book starts with a murder, and you spend the whole book trying to figure out who did it. And or uh, perhaps who done it? Who done it? I have that later in my my write-up. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't think I could say it twice in one write-up. So the book is centered around a very exclusive wedding of a couple consisting of a groom who is a television star and the bride who's a magazine publisher. And the wedding planner, bride, the bride's sister, and the groom all tell parts of the story as narrators. So it's kind of interesting to see. It's one of those stories where you see the same kind of part of the story from like four different people oh like rashomon what's rashomon oh man we got to do some kurosawa (laughs) but yeah i get what you're saying yeah so you you kind of see new pieces every time you you get a new narrator Mm -hmm. which is great um i really enjoy reading books like that so uh As the weekend progresses, things start to look less and less perfect. This, like, wedding is described as being so perfect. In the beginning of the book, you really get this sense that these people live their lives to be perfect. Um, But someone's past starts to come back to haunt them. The reader discovered that the bride's sister is extremely troubled. People are caught where they shouldn't be. And as the wedding weekend progresses, people start to relax. And there are more secrets. Oh, more secrets. Which just make... It's the plot, like, even more, like, crazy and mysterious because you start to see that people have, like, met each other without knowing other people at the party. And it's just, yeah, it's kind of neat. So the problem I have with a lot of modern mysteries especially is that you get this big reveal at the end and you're like, oh, cool, I didn't see that coming. But then if you actually look back at the beginning stuff, you're like, wait a minute, none of that stuff makes sense with this ending. They're only doing that as a way to like surprise us and shock us. Did you, of course, you can't really talk about the ending. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin it. Did you find anything like that? No. Um, you felt satisfied It with all it? felt pretty, it had a pretty good sense of continuity. And I didn't feel like there was like, well, you never talked about that, which is something that I also hate when they're like, turns out it was the salad. And you're like, there was no mention of salad before. Yeah, let alone a murder salad. Exactly. Goddamn murder salad. Talk about whodunit. It was the salad the whole time. I was like, you mean they poisoned the salad? No, the salad poisoned him. So there, like I said, there's many like kind of twists in this book, and I was actually convinced that someone else had murdered the murdery, <laughs> the murdery, yeah. Uh, and right until the end, I was pretty sure it was this one person, and then it ended up being someone else. Did you go, ah, snap? No. Were you shocked? Uh, I was shocked. I didn't say ah, snap. Sorry. I'll try next time. Um, the only kind of downside to this book is that the twists and turns required you to pay like really good attention because things change really quickly in this book so if you zone out for a little bit you might not actually know what's going on um and uh you have to remember who the characters are because there are quite a few characters in this book did you have trouble keeping track of all of them not 
after the first couple chapters, because she introduces a lot of characters right in the first two chapters as they arrive to the wedding. Right. And then, um, you, I, like, after the third chapter, I was like, knew who everyone was. I find that especially a problem in audiobooks, because I like to do both, but there's certain books that I'll listen to while mm-hmm. I'm in the car, certain ones I'm reading. But ones that I'm listening to, I have a harder time remembering character names because you're not seeing it. Right. And if you miss it once, you don't just like glance back mm-hmm. to see it. Do you find that with audiobooks as well? A little bit. I do appreciate... Um, I appreciate when books sometimes have like a character layout in the yes. front. I do often use that quite a bit. And some of the true crime books I've read, like we read one about uh, the FLDS in uh, in Utah. And I was constantly flipping because he had like 27 wives. So, it's a lot of wives. So I was like, which one is this? <laughs> it just had them all in order, which was very helpful. Um, but yeah, so it, it can be a bit hard to figure out who the characters are if you're not paying like super close attention. But um, I don't think that that would take away from the book as a whole. Have you read anything else by this author? I haven't. Do you plan on it now? Um, Possibly. I'm not sure what other books she has. I didn't look once I was done because I had another book right away. Um, But yeah, I would recommend this book. All right. Do you have a rating for it on the He's Five Star Scale? Oh, the He's Five Star Scale. Um, I'd say it's probably a 3.75 out of 5. All right, going 3.75 kind of defeats the purpose of having a five-point scale, but <laughs> that one star is just like... <laughs> I went with 3.75 because you never let me do that on the show chart. Well, that one's out of 10. I feel like out of 10, you can... I do find the five-point scale very restrictive. It is. 10-point, I'm fine with. Yeah, I could have probably done it in 10, but it's too late. I've already done it. And here we are. 7 out of 10? 7, yeah, 7 out of 10. 7.25 out of 10. <laughs> 7.25 out of 10. <laughs> so, Indy, what are you into this week? So I didn't have a thing of the week, so I walked into my old DVD cabinet, pulled something out, and I did watch it again to so I can talk about it. But let me show you what I pulled out. I miss things like this. So uh, can you read it for everyone? It says, a killer B DVD double feature, Carnival of Souls, Dementia 13. Yeah, so I miss the times when you'd go to like a DVD bargain bin and find weird things. I may have actually purchased this to get uh, Dementia 13 because that's Francis Ford Coppola's first movie. Oh. But I found a hidden gem on there called Carnival of Souls. And this is a movie from 1962. It's uh, very short. I think it comes in at like 78 minutes or something like that. Wow, okay. (laughs) It's uh, black and white. This version looks and sounds like garbage. It's like very blurry and it's hard to hear the audio sometimes. Because um, I'm guessing the good people at Marengo Films Killer B Double Features... Does not have a lot of money to uh, do like restoration. So I think mm-hmm. they probably are doing a lot of stuff that's just public domain. So they have a really, really shitty print. And I do believe, though, this movie is well recognized to some extent. So there's actually a big criterion release that probably looks a lot better than this little one that I have. Hmm. So it's a movie directed by Herc Harvey. Isn't that a good name? 
That sounds like a uh, like a superhero. That's name. a Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Like, look, it's Herc Harvey. He's Wombat Man. <laughs> oh, I love Wombat Man. He's so cute. <laughs> He's just kind of. He's very short. Rolling and around on the yeah. ground. So uh, Herc Harvey directed uh, pretty much nothing. He did a bunch of like short documentary stuff after. So there's that. It stars Candace Hillegloss, who has also been in pretty much nothing else. Oh, okay. And it was written by a man named John Clifford, who went on to write such classics as Simple Techniques in Shaping Glass, Techniques of Organic Chemistry, and Engineering Investigation of the 620 Oil Cooler Outlet Design. So I think he just made, like, instructional videos for small companies after this. That's funny. So none of these people really did much, but it's a very bizarre movie. So it is kind of like a B-movie. So it's one of those low-budget kind of horror movies. But this one, on the poster, they advertise it as being, like, a new type of new wave cinema. So it's a B-movie, but it's trying to be a little art house. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they did kind of cross over in a very unique and like pretty wonderful way. So when you start this movie up, you'll think that you missed the first 10 minutes because it starts with a guy pulling up and going like, hey, you, let's drag race. And you're like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And like the shots aren't even like centered. It it looks pretty bad, (laughs) especially at the beginning. The audio doesn't match the mouths a lot of the time. And so then they go off on a drag race, and you're like, okay, this is the movie now. I don't know who any of these people are, but there's three girls in one car, there's two guys in the other. They're racing, the car of the girls flies off a bridge, and then there's like cops and stuff, and one lone woman emerges, and this is when the movie really starts. (laughs) So it's uh, the story of this one survivor, I think her name's Mary in it, and she's um, kind of like oddly affected by it. You could think that, like, maybe she's in shock, but people around town are just saying, like, she doesn't feel anything. What's wrong with her? And she's an organ player, and she's playing the organ at her local church. I like a lot of the music in this movie. Her organ music is really good, but just the soundtrack in general, I think, is one of the things this movie is best known for. It has a really, like, eerie, atmospheric, 60s horror Almost bordering into some of those sci-fi theremin things, but not that far. That's fun. It's, it sounds really good, I think. But she eventually leaves her little town and goes to this new town, and things get progressively more like dreamlike hmm. as it goes. And our main character, she has trouble relating to people. She starts seeing things, or or maybe she's not seeing things. Maybe those things are real, and you're not quite sure. You're just constantly uneasy about what's real what's not and i think that's the sustained mood that this movie goes for and there's a lot of like fun low budget ghostly imagery and like Hmm. people in scary makeup and like reflections in glass and things like that and there's so many like creepy people just giving creepy looks and i'm not sure if this is like expertly created to uh, enhance this really weird mood or what i think it might be is that it's just an old movie and everyone in it is not an actor so Mm. when they just like stare vacantly into the camera that's just like them doing their thing (laughs) uh this movie sounds like madness it kind of is but it's also like a slow plotting movie Hmm. 
So as the movie progresses, you have to decide if like everyone in this town is crazy or maybe she is. And it eventually reaches its conclusion at an actual carnival and carnivals are always going to be like kind of surreal. So that just adds to things. <laughs> and I also don't want to spoil the ending of this movie. But when you get to the ending, your first thought is like, oh, yeah, okay. And you feel like some resolution. But then you think about it for one more second. You're like, wait, what? Because that <laughs> only means... It doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense, but it mm-hmm. makes you question a lot of the other things that happened along the way. Right, okay. It's not just like, a, oh, I get it, the end. It uh, it provides you with more questions, but not necessarily in a frustrating way. Okay. So I recommend Carnival of Souls from 1962. It's public domain, so it's probably like free on YouTube and stuff. <laughs> but um, take a look. It's like one of those hidden gems that some... Like, nerdy horror people are like, oh, no, that was a really good one. But it's uh, not terribly well-known, so hopefully our little podcast is going to make this thing blow up. Because, you know, we have that worldwide reach, worldwide reach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We are trend-setting yeah, in the world of movies. We have, like, three people in Canada and one in India, so... <laughs> This movie's going to be huge now. Oh, it, we're going to get royalties for this. I don't think that's how royalties no? work. Oh, I thought that if you made a movie really popular, you got money. Well, since I believe this is public domain, I think even the directors don't get royalties now. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Yeah. That was like the first night of The Living Dead. Uh, Romero hardly made anything off that because it lapsed into public domain. <gasps> but that means we get cheap DVDs in the bargain bin at like Walmart or something. So there's that. Well, Carnival of Souls and Happy Birthday, public domain that you can enjoy. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we got our things of the week out of the way. Now we get to find out, Samantha, what will we be watching next week? Do you like murder? No, (laughs) I don't like murder. Do you enjoy watching murder on screen? Oh, like murder movies? Sure, sure, much of the time. Sorry, I should have clarified. I do, in fact, not like murder, though. <laughs> You're I think it's pretty terrible. I think it's one of the worst. I am. You know what? It might not be popular, but I'm going to come out and say it. I'm against murder. Oh, okay. Cool. Like all murder. Well, yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> like, I need to think about it for a second. Well, because then, like, the death penalty is a debate. But I am, in fact, against the death penalty. Hmm. Okay. If I have to choose one or the other, like, I'd have to say I'm against it. Well, this is not where I thought this conversation was going to go. Because then you're like, well, what about, like, Hitler? Should he be killed? I don't know. Or, like, Saddam Hussein. Did did I tell you? (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, what? (laughs) Let's have a a digression for a moment. Okay. About Saddam Hussein. So the man who killed Saddam Hussein, who uh, performed the execution, is a doctor. Mm -hmm. And he suffered... A lot at the hands of this, like, tyrant. In his own life, this doctor was uh, imprisoned unjustly for several days and tortured under Saddam Hussein's regime. Also, his parents were killed Hmm. by by this corrupt government and this, like, terrible, terrible man. And so then he was called upon to, I think, I'm not sure if it was lethal injection or if he just had to check the pulse afterwards but either way he was in charge of uh, of killing saddam hussein hmm. so he said um when it happened i thought that torture that i went through was the worst part of my life then when my mother was killed i thought that was the worst thing that could ever happen to me but now he says 
killing that man and knowing that I was responsible for that death is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Wow. So I think I'm against the death penalty. This is where you thought this conversation would go. No. Um... <laughs> There's a really good episode of Snap Judgment, a great podcast about it. So check that out. But now we are going to not segue at all and just like abruptly shift gears so hard that we hope our transmission doesn't fall out. But yes, I like films about murder, Samantha. Please tell me more. Um, do you remember Bridget from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? Which one is she? Give me a description. She's Blake Lively. She's the blonde one. Oh, Soccer. yeah. Soccer. The one that can't run. Yes. Yeah. Um, and do you remember the male lead in Crazy Rich Asians? Asians? Yes. The one who's like, we'll call him Asian for this movie, but in every other movie, he's going to play white. That yeah. one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically. Um, do you like Ted from Schitt's Creek? Oh, yeah. We saw him also in um, Silicon Valley. He was that douchey motorbike guy. Um, and you love Linda Cardellini. I do love Linda Cardellini. So There's all one of thing. these yep, people the are in this movie. Okay. <laughs> so we are going to be watching the 2018 dark comedy crime thriller, A Simple Favor. I have never even heard of this movie. <laughs> well, but I do like dark comedy crime thriller. Yeah. I've seen few of those and I tend to really enjoy all of them. Um well if you enjoyed my or if you liked my book this week, you'd probably like this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, they've got kind of the same twisty turny crime. Can I guess one element that will be in this movie yes. and probably your book as well? Yeah. There is a very wealthy blonde woman. Yes. <laughs> I've learned, like, I, you've been watching more new series that I've never heard of before. Yeah. And whatever you're watching, it tends to revolve around a very wealthy blonde woman. Yeah, I don't know why. Because you, like, you only watch shows about rich people. I don't know. Wait, you don't know why or you don't know if you do? No, I don't know why. I know I do. Yeah. It's not, like, on purpose. It just happens to be what I'm, like, drawn to. Because you hate us plebeians. As peasants. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> Don't make me sound like a bad person on the podcast. <laughs> Why else do we have this podcast? <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> uh, this movie stars Anna Kendrick, Blake Lively, Henry Golding, Andrew Rannells, Linda Cardellini, and Dustin Woo. Milligan. And um, it is a very good film. Okay. The end. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here. Very good film. Anna Kendrick is someone who I haven't seen much of, but every man my age loves Anna Kendrick. Like in they're a crazy. romantic way? I, I don't know. Okay. I assume. Yeah. But they're just huge fans. Everyone's like, oh, she's like the perfect woman. Huh. I, I don't know. She's fun. I like her. I don't know much about her. What's a big film of hers? Uh, well, she had a whole Christmas Disney film starring her called Noel. Okay, I don't know that. Uh, she was in all three Pitch Perfect movies. I've never actually seen those. <laughs> Are they good? Maybe we should do those. I I enjoy them. I think they're funny. I oh, she was in Trolls. Trolls? <laughs> I I I do not uh, recognize her from Trolls from the voice of like. The pink-haired troll or something? She was also in Trolls World Tour. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I know who you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Trolls World Tour. 
answers all those questions from Trolls 1 that I was dying to know. Yeah, just like the cliffhanger at the end of Trolls. Um, She was in Into the Woods. Is that a gritty retelling of a fairy tale? Uh, no, it was kind of a com- comedic retelling of a fairy tale. Oh, okay. Like an enchanted style. Kind of, yeah. I like it's the a, comedic retellings of fairy tales, not the gritty, harsh ones. based on uh, a Broadway musical of the same title. Oh, okay. So it's got Is she some... a singer? Yes. Oh, She's like, okay. she's Broadway. Oh, she's I didn't like know that. She's like very good at singing. Um, does but... she sing in this? No. Okay. No, she does not. Well, tell me more about this movie. When did you first see it? I actually saw it when it came out. I'm a big Blake Lively fan. Um, she's married to Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. Oh, okay. So I... <laughs> That's how you describe Ryan Reynolds to me, <laughs> Deadpool. <laughs> I'm aware of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> I have it in my notes, married to Deadpool, and then in brackets, Ryan Reynolds. Because <laughs> half the time I make references to actors and you have no idea who they are. That's true. So I was like, Putting in the safeguard. Okay, thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she's married to Deadpool. But she's also, like, they're just, like, very good people, and I like them a lot. Is she awesome as well? Because everything yes. I see of Ryan Reynolds is like, man, I like this guy. Yeah. He's very funny. He's very funny, and they're also very charitable. They give away a lot of money. I remember you telling me while we were doing uh, Traveling Pants that she's, like, the most successful, but she was the one that I actually know nothing about. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'll get to see another... Blake Lively? Yeah. I'll get to see another Blake Lively movie now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also, I know her from uh, Gossip Girl as well. She, right. She that was Serena very Serena Yeah. So Is that show about a rich blonde lady? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just assume yes. <laughs> I like her name because it kind of sounds like an instruction. Like, oh, what are you going to do tonight? Well, I'm going to Blake Lively. <laughs> so lively? Yeah. This film starts with a widowed single mother, Stephanie, played by Anna Kendrick, who runs a vlog back when vlogs were like a big thing. Isn't it still a big thing? Is it still a big thing? Well, isn't that what YouTubers are? I guess. What is that if not I a... guess. But now they're just YouTubers. Yeah, I think we just changed the word. Yeah. It was back when people were writing blogs and then transitioned to using video instead of writing. Yeah. And then YouTube. What a gross word, huh? Vlog. Vlog and blog. Yeah. <laughs> she runs a vlog featuring crafts and recipes for parents, and she becomes friends with Emily Nelson, played by Blake Lively, who is a PR director for a fashion company, and they exchange confessions over martinis during a play date, and eventually they cement their relationship and become unlikely best friends. Oh. Um, they're kind of funny. They're like they're like total opposites, so they're kind of an odd couple. It's fun. Um, So the whole plot of the movie starts with Emily asking Stephanie to pick up her son at school, and then Emily vanishes. (gasps) Yeah. And two days later, she still hasn't come back, and Stephanie- Wait, wait, don't tell me. What? Are we going to watch this movie? Oh, this is all in the trailer. Okay. Well, then should we watch the trailer? We can watch the trailer. Let's do that. I met Emily a few weeks ago. She's this wonderful, elegant person. Je t'ai vu tracer le long du paysage Une ligne des aimés qui détruise ton langage Et quand tu chantais plus fort dans ton silence Je voyais les larmes couler toujours Stephanie, à contre-sens. I need just a simple favor. Anything. 
Et si la terre est sombre Et si la pluie te noie Raconte-moi qu'on puisse trembler ensemble Since most of this is all just music, we can tell you a little bit of what's happening. It's all like spooky stuff. There's police like dredging lakes. There's knife graphics. There's guns being loaded. It's all very scary. It's extremely scary. People do terrible things for their own reasons. So this movie uh, was pitched as being similar to like Gone Girl and Girl on the Train. So kind of murdery and sexy. From this trailer, at least, it looks like there's no comedy in it at all. And it looks like it's very serious. And anytime a trailer starts with like just a single piano note like mm-hmm. that, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> and because it was, I think that's Blake Lively's character walking mm-hmm. when it happens. She has a secret. Yeah. She's done something wrong. Does she even exist? Is she a figment of her imagination? Who knows? She has that single piano note underneath her. She could be anything. Oh, I want you to make a trailer for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was pretty successful. Uh, It grossed $97.6 million. Damn. Oh, that's even better. (laughs) (laughs) You meant pesos. (laughs) Thanks. Um, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it holds an approval rating of 85%. And Oh, that's like a, a high for one of yours in quite a while. Yeah. That's uh, why so I'm telling you about it. <laughs> Although I'm sad, kind of, because I really loved the uh, lake house and um, I know. I felt like I just needed episodes. to do something like that You're might like, actually I have something good, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. So... I um, am excited to watch this again because the fashion in it is really good, too. I don't know if you got that from that trailer that we were watching. No, I It was like I some tend... of the most boring outfits in the movie that you I see. tend not to um, notice the fashion as much as you do, so you'll have to point that out for me. Um, it's very interesting how they make the characters so different just based on what they wear. Stephanie's very like Kate Spade and bright colors and like um, kind of like super peppy, happy looking. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Emily is very like chic and almost dresses like like an old timey detective. Oh, I like that too. Yeah, and then she also has some very like um, like retro chic looks that are uh, very fun. Kind of like Star Wars. Yeah. And their fashion sets them apart. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can tell who Sorry, everyone is based on I thought it was like, fashion. when is it retro chic in Star Wars? And they had some good, um, what's her name, Beatrice Martin singing in that. Oh, is that who that was? Yeah, she goes by uh, Cruel de Pirates. Oh, I've right? seen her, yeah. Yeah, she's uh, a Quebecois yeah, artist. Yeah, she's been to Folk good. Fest a few times. Really? Yeah. Oh, I never went to those ones. Yeah. Damn, I like her very much. Yeah. But that's not the point. The point is... A simp- 
a simple favor? Yes. <laughs> a simple favor from 2018. 2018. <laughs> Is there anywhere people can easily watch this film? Uh, yes, it's on Netflix. Oh, Netflix one. It might be on other streaming services, but I know for sure it's on Netflix. So all of our Canadian listeners can watch it on Netflix, possibly other people as well. Yeah. If not, we'll put a little link. Wink, wink. <laughs> So I ask this a lot, and uh, you tend not to be right on this one, but I'm going to ask you again anyway. Do you think I will like it? I don't think you'll love it, because you rarely love any of my movies, and I've stopped expecting that. (laughs) I think you might highly enjoy it. Okay, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. And not ironically either, just like, hmm, this is good. Yeah. From the little bit I could tell... It looks very good. And I mean that, like, visually. Mm-hmm. Of course, we don't get much to it because yeah, we watched... Yeah, that was watched... a weird trailer, but... I, I purposely chose the teaser trailer right. because it is a mystery I don't want to know very yeah. much. I kind of want to go into it quite fresh. But uh, do you know who directed it? It looks good. Movie was directed by Paul Fegg. Paul Fegg? He, he's, yeah, he's good. It It is a very good-looking movie. Like, it's... um. It's set in this very, like, cold, modern house. I'm curious to see more of that house. But do you know if Paul Feig wrote as well? No, it's based on a book. And the screenplay was written by someone else. Because the book was sold, I believe, before the the screenplay was written. So they think they brought someone in. Because Paul Feig has done at least a little bit of some of my favorite TV shows of all time. He's worked on like Parks and Rec, Weeds, Mad Men, 30 Rock, Bored to Death. And he uh, always wears a suit. Like, no matter what he's doing, he's, he wears, like, the same style of three-piece suit. Oh, interesting. So, like, he could be on a jet ski and he's wearing a three-piece <laughs> suit. And he's, he, I think he's a really funny guy. So I'm curious about this now because from what I saw, it looked all, like, intense uh, drama bordering into horror almost from what it looked like. But if you had Paul Fiega on the... At the helm. I, I'm curious as to what the tone will be, but I'm very excited to find out. There's definitely some, like, funny, silly moments. He did um, the Ghostbusters reboot a couple okay. years ago. That was him as well. Yeah. Uh, the screenplay was written by Jessica Scharzer, um, who writes for The L Word and American Horror Story. I don't know much of the L word, but I feel like American Horror Story is some terrible, terrible writing to it. But also some good writing. Some good writing. There have been some good seasons. So, uh, yeah, I'm in- I don't really know much about her. So I'm interested to see. I haven't read the book. Uh, maybe I will get to that at some point. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch this. Oh, maybe that's why Cardellini's in it. Because Feig did uh, Freaks and Geeks. With uh, Linda Cardellini. Mm. Have you ever seen Freaks and Geeks? No. I think you might even like it. They're not rich, but I think it's still like, it's really good. I do watch some things where people aren't rich. On the ones I make you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm actually, I'm more excited earnestly to watch this than I have been in a a while. Because I was, of course, excited to see Burlesque, but (laughs) because I knew what was going to happen and I was excited for that. This, I'm I'm really curious as to where this is going to go. So I used to always predict if I would like it or not, but then we got away from that because I don't want to make up my mind. Mm -hmm. But what I do predict is... I think I'll be very interested in the balance of tone that this movie Mm -hmm. is going to strike from what you say. And... uh, Yeah, I'm just looking forward to watching it. 
usually when I say there's like funny, silly bits, and then we get back here and start talking about it, you're like, there was no humor in this movie at all. So there, but. Those movies were like, like, like we always bring up Bride Wars, but you pitched uh, that as a comedy, and know, it was not. I know. Okay, well, we'll see what you think. But this, you have uh, Anna Kendrick, who I am told is very funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know her work very much. Um, Cardellini, love her. Yeah. Feig, great. Yeah. Those other people you said, I already forgot, but I'm sure they're good too. <laughs> yeah, everybody in this movie. <laughs> All those people. Well, let's uh, let's go watch it. Right now? Sure. Okay, we can skip dinner. Everyone else out there, go uh, to Netflix or wherever else and watch A Simple Favor from 2018. And we'll see you right back here. Same Blake Lively time. (laughs) Same Blake Lively place. Bye. (laughs) Bye, everyone. I feel like that's like a recipe thing. Like if you're making, oh, I'm making a uh, authentic Polish vlog. First step is take a lemon and Blake Lively. <laughs> <laughs> vlog also sounds kind of like a food.